Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our scripture readings this morning are from Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 through 13, and Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. And if you'd like to follow along, these texts are located in the bulletin. But before we begin, let us pray. Loving God, in you we find grace and news that is so good we struggle to believe it. Open our minds that we might receive your word and open our hearts so that we might remember it when it matters most. In Christ's name we pray, amen. The first chapter, uh, Matthew chapter six, verses seven through 13. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial but rescue us from the evil one. And now Luke chapter 11, verses one through four. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. Physical growth happens by nature. We are born, we learn to walk, we develop skill and personality. We get jobs. The body moves in one direction. It's unavoidable. Spiritual growth is less a given. There are experiences that demand an engagement of our faith. The first time you fall in love, or hold a child, or say the 23rd Psalm for someone you have loved a long time. These and other experiences become part of our faith journey. But these alone will not develop faith as it could be. Through the journey of our life, for our faith to grow, sometimes we need to ask for directions. Sometimes we need to ask for directions. So it's 77% 
77%. That's the number that the Pew Forum on Religion and the Public Life reports in their national survey of Americans who say that they pray on a regular basis, 77%. Of those 77%, nearly 80% say that faith is essential, essential to their life through prayer, that praying enhances their faith and that enhances their lives. Hey, get this. Even among those who are not religiously affiliated, which, by the way, is the fastest-growing religious group in the United States, the non-religious, they call themselves spiritual, just not religious. Even among those persons, 27% say they pray on a regular basis. Prayer the power of prayer. So it seemed to me appropriate for us as the Church of Jesus Christ to have a conversation about this, the Lord's Prayer, this prayer that we just recited a few moments ago here at Village on Mission. You at Village on Antioch, you'll say this in a few moments, led by Pastor Tim. This, the Lord's Prayer, it appears in two places in Scripture, Matthew's Gospel and Luke's Gospel. It doesn't appear in Mark, and it doesn't appear in the Gospel of John. In Matthew's Gospel, the way Matthew introduces the Lord's Prayer, Matthew starts off saying, don't pray like this. His first words are, hey, when you pray, disciples, Jesus says to them, don't pray like the Gentiles who heap a bunch of words. Jesus is saying, you don't have to impress God or yourself or other people when you pray. It's interesting in Matthew's gospel that Jesus starts off the instruction on how to pray by telling us how not to pray. I've learned a little bit about that as a pastor's kid. Some of you know that I'm second of four boys. Grew up with a father whom I love very much, a mom who I love very much. They showed me every single day what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Second of four boys, there was a day, I know, hard to imagine, there was a day where we were not behaving very well. I can't recall all that we did, but it must have been a really not good day. Dinner that night, our routine was, Dad would lead us in prayer. Oh, by the way, the Washington Post says that 58% of Americans pray before every meal, 58%. So we follow, dad's a pastor, mom's on the ups and table, two boys, two boys, and we start to pray for dinner. Dad starts off and says, thank you for the meal, thank you for mom making this delicious meal, that's all good, we get that. But then after that day, obviously a difficult day with us, he begins to pray things like this. And Lord, please help us to be better sons. Oh Lord, forgive us when we do not do what our parents ask. Oh Lord, help us not to break things in the house the way we do every single day. Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh, this goes on and on and on. And we are feeling really, really badly. 
Yeah, we are just bad kids. Oh, yes, Jesus. Oh, man, we are terrible, terrible kids. Until mom speaks up during the prayer from her side of the table and says to my dad, the Reverend Richard Nishioka, she says, oh, Dick, please. That's not what prayer is for. I looked up and opened my eyes and was like, and dad said, well, well, amen. <laughs> and we started to eat. In my heart, I was going, go mom. Jesus starts off and says, you know, when you pray, don't, don't do all these words the way those Gentiles do. No doubt our Lord witnessed Romans, probably Roman soldiers, centurions, others who were occupying the land, watching them pray to their gods, and how they always said all of these words. Jesus says to his followers, his disciples, to you and to me in this day, you don't have to worry about all the words. Pray like this. In Luke's gospel, it says that Jesus was off by himself praying, which he does a lot throughout Luke's gospel. And when he finished, he came back, and one of the disciples said to Jesus, hey, would you teach us how to pray? Just like John the baptizer has taught his disciples, would you teach us how to pray? And that's how we get this Lord's Prayer. We call it that because our Lord, Jesus Christ, taught us to pray. It's his prayer. He starts off, in Matthew, he says, our Father. In Luke, he just says, Father. This is important. Right away from the start, Jesus says it's a communal activity. Certainly, prayer is individual, but right away, this prayer is supposed to be prayed with a whole group of people. Our senior pastor, Tom, says this all the time to us. You cannot do this Christian journey by yourselves. Jesus reinforces that, says, our Father. Not my Father. He says, our Father. And then, both in Luke and Matthew, he uses the term Father. And it sounds sort of familiar in some ways, but also sort of formal to us, because Father language isn't necessarily what we use most often. Interestingly enough, in the earliest manuscripts, the word that Jesus uses for Father is the Aramaic Abba. And Abba is an endearment. Our Abba can best be translated Dad, our Papa, even our Daddy. It's an endearment, and it must have shocked the disciples to hear Jesus addressing God in such a familiar and endearing way. We say our Father, and that's what it means. But in the hearing of this, it really should be our papa, our daddy, our dad. And then Matthew says, who art in heaven. Matthew locates the God of the universe in heaven to remind us that, yes, as familiar as God can be, as papa, as dad, God is also God of the universe. And then Luke and Matthew both say, Holy is your name, hallowed, sacred is your name, to remind us that as close as God is to us, God is still God. God is still holy, H-O-L-Y, and holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, other. God is beyond us. 
When the Pew Forum asked people why they prayed, the number one reason they said was for comfort. Number one reason, number two reason they said is to care for others. Number three reason they said was to be connected to something bigger than myself. That is holy be your name. Hallowed be your name. And then we get this lovely language of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Luke is more simple. Luke says, your kingdom come. It's a reminder to you and to me as we pray that our hope is, while God is in heaven, that in some way, God's reign, God's kingdom, God's kingdom would somehow be among us that there would be glimpses of God's heaven on this earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then Matthew and Luke record this from Jesus. Give us this day our daily bread. It's a reminder to you and to me that for the vast majority of Jesus' followers, they were day laborers. There was no middle class at this time in the ancient world. There were the very, very rich, a small population, and the vast majority of Jesus' hearers, followers, are day laborers, which means they had to work that day in order to get paid. So they could get paid, so they could go to the marketplace, so they could buy food, so that they could eat. If they didn't work, they didn't get paid. If they didn't get paid, they couldn't buy food, if they couldn't buy food, they couldn't eat. Give us this day our daily bread. It reminds us that today, here nearby and around the whole world, there are children and women and men who are not sure where their food is going to come from today. Daily bread. The fact that you and I, many of us, have the privilege of not worrying about that on a day-to-day -day basis does not remove us from this reminder that for many, many people today, they're not sure they'll have anything to eat. Give us this day our daily bread. And then the Lord teaches us and says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Luke uses the word sins. Either one works. Matthew's version says debts because it's something that is owed. We cannot save ourselves. Salvation isn't our own doing. God is the God who acts to save us. So we have to respond in some way. We owe God something in some way. Hence the term debts. So we, in this tradition, say debtors and debts. The earliest English translations, a number of them picked up the word trespasses, which works, but it happens later on in Matthew's Gospel. Not here in the Lord's Prayer and not in Luke either. Luke says sins and then debts. I think debts is the better choice. It isn't just that we trespass. But it's that we, we live in a way that is sinful and we owe something to God in some way. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
And then Matthew says, and do not bring us to the time of trial. Luke says, and do not bring us to the time of trial and ends there. Matthew continues, but rescue us from the evil one. I know it sounds, it sounds as if God is the one who tests. God is the one who causes us to enter into trials, and we're saying to God, please do not let us go to trial. Please do not test us. There's a long history in the tradition of God testing. That's true. It seems to be part of God's nature. But in this particular prayer, scholars are saying it would be better translation to say, and do not allow us to be tested. Please, O God, you who are the God of the universe, do not allow us to be tempted, but save us. Matthew says, from the evil one. Luke makes no reference. I do believe that there are powers and principalities in this world that oppose God's goodness and hope and joy. The prayer is, O God, do not let us be led into those powers and principalities. O God, do not let us be tested. Save us, protect us, care for us. This is this Lord's Prayer that we've been praying for nearly 2,000 years in languages beyond our knowing, even being prayed right now in heaven as it is on earth. There is power in prayer. I know that to be true. And the bottom line here is as you pray, just make it real. Just make it authentic. Just pray. One of you told me that your prayer throughout the day is very simple. I love that. You said you pray, come Holy Spirit. Three words, come Holy Spirit. You told me that when you're getting ready to go into a conversation you aren't looking forward to at work, you whisper to yourself, come Holy Spirit. Writer and theologian Anne Lamott, C says that her constant prayer is also just three words. Help, thanks, wow. She wrote a book by that title. Help, Thanks. Wow. When you pray, just be real. Be authentic. And don't worry about all the words, Jesus says. If you need help, then pray this prayer, Jesus says. There is power in prayer. I know it because you've taught that to me over and over again. Susan Story Lord died in August, 79 years old. About a year ago, I was visiting her when she was in rehab, and she was clearly in pain. And I was sitting next to her bed, and I said, Susan, you know, I'm sure you can talk to your son Pete. I'm sure you can talk to doctors. We can get more medication to help you. And she said, I don't like more pain medicine because it makes my head fuzzy and it makes me sleepy. I'm afraid I won't wake up. So no more pain meds. I'm like, okay, Susan, but golly, this is hard. And she goes, I know it's hard, Roger, but I don't want any more pain meds. 
I said, so what do you do? And she said, well, when it gets really bad, I just pray. And I caught my breath and said, oh, Susan, thank you for that. She goes, I don't pray like you pray. I said, that's okay. You pray how you pray. And she said, when it gets really bad, I just pray one word over and over again. I smiled and said, Susan, what's the word? And she said, I just lie here and I say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. She said, that's all I say. Is that okay? And I said, oh, dear one, absolutely. That's the perfect prayer. Jesus says, you know, when you pray, you don't have to worry about all those words. Just pray from your heart. Susan says, Jesus, Jesus. I have no doubt that the moment she died and was welcomed into the Lord's arms, Jesus looked at her and said, I heard you every single time. And I was right there with you. And Susan said, I know. Glad to be home. Sometimes we need to ask for directions. Scripture, speaking truth and seeking truth, and prayer, praying. There is power in prayer. I know it because I've seen it. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.